today I want to do a lesson that is, it's going to probably feel a little bit more like a class because I need to educate us on something. We're going to be considering a word you have heard before. I assume, I know I heard it when I was young, and I always think I, I think I knew what it meant. Um, and let me see, I'm going to bring up my screen. I'm going to share a little screen, a presentation today as we go through this to help. The word is shalom. When I say the word shalom, or when you hear the word shalom, what do you think of? What is it that, uh, that comes to mind? with that word. Some of you probably have some thoughts and I want to share a little bit of some of those things to see if you would agree. Most of us would think this peace. I can't get my hand up in the right spot. Peace, right? Shalom is the word for peace. It's a Hebrew word. And so as you think about um, Jews today, they would probably greet one another with this word shalom. And most people would understand it with that. And I assume that's why people, um, I've got a little picture up here. It looks like a, a little guy from the 60s. And he's holding up the peace symbol with his fingers. The thought is peace. And I assume that the greeting that the Jews have always used would be a greeting that people picked up even on English and started saying peace. So, and that was uh, in the 60s was a time uh, when there was a lot of dissension, a lot of difficulties, and and a lot of war going on that people didn't like. So the thought was peace. So when you think about the word peace, then let's talk about this word peace. So shalom, it does mean peace. It includes that thought. But let's think about the word peace. When I say the word peace, what comes to your mind? If I had you to write down some words that came to mind right now, what would you write if I asked you and said the word, just to write what comes to mind when I say peace? Well, probably one thing that might come to mind would be war, the opposite of peace. You, you might say war. Um, so the opposite of peace would be war, but the word itself, then you might think of some of these concepts, calmness, quietness, tranquility, or the absence of fighting. And generally, that last thought is the one that we usually go to. When we think of peace, we think of times of peace. We think of peace with one another. We think of we think of it in the terms of an absence of conflict or an absence of fighting. And that fits very much with this idea of calmness or quietness or trans tranquility. When people are fighting, then you do not have calmness. You do not have quietness. There is no tranquility. There is no peace. So the idea of peace that we usually think of is stillness, quietness, tranquility. When we think of Jesus, um, he used the word very much like this when he was out in the midst of that storm, and he said, peace, be still. And everything went to calm and quiet. And that is peace, isn't it? But I want to expand our minds and thoughts a little bit today. And we're going to go to scripture, and we're going to go to the first time 
that the word peace is used in the Bible. I'm going to have to hide my little picture of you guys. I was getting on the side here so I can read my my pictures. So I'm sharing some slides for, for you today who are able to view uh, the presentation, and hopefully you're getting this in a good enough form that you can read it and see it. Um, for those of you who don't have video, you'll be fine uh, without it. You're not missing a lot. I'll be explaining everything that's here. So as we look at this first use of the word peace, if you went and looked it up in any concordance or anything, you would find peace listed first for most translations, I assume, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 15. So look at this verse, Genesis 15, 15. You're welcome to turn in your Bibles. I'm going to kind of try to keep moving quickly today, though. So if you want to just listen or write down the verses and come back to them later, that might be a good idea. And this it says, as for you, this is God speaking to, um, speaking to Abraham. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. So that word that is used there, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. Now you might think of that, um, and you can you can see for those of you who are there, I have the the Hebrew words written written down be, below the um, uh, the English word. So the original Hebrew is written there. That's the squiggly lines, and I don't I don't read squiggly lines, but there is the word that is tried, they try to transliterate that Hebrew word. And the word there is shalom. So that is the word we're focusing on is shalom. And that is translated very well, peace. You will go to your fathers in peace. And isn't that how we all want to go? We want, when it's our turn to die, we want to be able to go in peace. We want to die peacefully. We want to be buried at a good old age. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on, and we understand that that word there. It makes sense when we say "go to your fathers in peace." The interesting thing is, if we go to the very next verse in Genesis fifteen verse sixteen, it says, "Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete." Now, if you look at that word complete, and you were able to look it up in the Hebrew, it would look very much like the word we had looked at saying peace in the previous word, in the previous verse. And the word for complete, instead of shalom, is shalem. So these two words are related. They have the same root word. So in one place, it is the, the word is translated as peace. In the next verse, it is translated as complete. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, you get a very good definition or understanding of what the root word means. Now, it wouldn't make sense to translate Genesis 15 as saying, um, then in the fourth generation, they will return here for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet peace. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't make sense. But that thought for that word, shalem, or um, very much related to shalom, is the idea of completeness or fullness. It's not yet complete. It's not yet full. 
it's not all the way done. It's not all the way put together yet. So we're going to uh, consider this word a little bit more. That same root is used in the previous chapter. So we're talking about the, the word, root word that brings us shalom and shalem. Now we see all the way back in Genesis 14, verse 18, another use. And this is the very first time that this root word for peace or for shalom is mentioned in Scripture. Genesis 14, 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now, he was a priest of God Most High. The word there that is related to peace or complete or shalom is the king. Melchizedek is called the king of shalom, the king of shalem. He is the king of. And how would you translate that then? They just put in the word Salem. They made it sound like as if it's a place. And it may very well be. But what if you translated the meaning of the word and you considered that root word meant complete or wholeness? And Melchizedek, the king of completeness, the king of wholeness, he is the king of peace. He brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. So these words we're just looking at, and we're considering these words are all related because they're all based in the same Hebrew root word, meaning completeness and wholeness. That root word, I've, uh, if I looked it up in my Bible dictionary, and in the theological workbook of the Old Testament, uh, they list with the idea of shalem, that, that root word that we're looking at, they de define it as to be complete or to be sound. And there are a bunch of words that go along with it. And they're, they're all related very much. If you, if you were to look at uh, these eight or nine words that come from in the, in the Hebrew, they all look kind of similar. Shalom, shalem, shalom, shalem. Uh, and I'm no Hebrew person here to be saying these right, but shalem, shalman. Um, and the last one is that translated as the name Solomon. Um, so, and there are a bunch of different kinds of meanings here. But as we look and consider all of these, the main root, the general meaning behind the root that has these letters S L M, Shalom or Shalem, it is of completion and fulfillment. So, completion, fulfillment of entering into a state of wholeness and unity, and sometimes relating to a restored relationship, something that's broken down. It was complete at one point in time and then brought back together. It is now whole. It is now complete. That's the general meaning behind this root word. That's the general meaning behind the word peace. It is completion and wholeness that we're talking about. So now let that sink in. So anytime we see the word peace, it, it relates to completion or wholeness. So you think about just for a moment, I talked about Jesus um, uh, saying, peace be still on the water. There was uh, some chaos going on. It, things were not as it should be. 
And Jesus brought them back as it should. He made it, he brought completeness and wholeness to the situation. And so that idea of peace, see how they're very much related. So our definition and our thought of peace being calm and being tranquil, it does fit within this idea of completeness and wholeness. And But there are a lot of other ways that this word shalem can be used um, in meanings in scripture. So let's talk about that a little bit. So first of all, as we go back to this idea of Genesis 15, verse 15. As you look there in this first verse that we looked at, it says, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. Shalom. And you will be buried at a good old age. What if instead of saying we, we instead of saying translating that as peace, what if we said, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in wholeness. You shall go to your fathers in completeness. You will be buried at a good old age. Your life has been full. Your life has been complete. It's not just saying you're going to die easily or you're going to die in a time when you're not fighting with anybody. It's saying that you're going to die as, as a whole person who's lived his whole life. You are complete. And now you're going to your father's in completeness and wholeness. That passage in the very next verse, it says that in the fourth generation, they will return here. And that's talking about his children and after they've been in Egypt for a long time. It says, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet full. It's not yet complete. It's not yet whole. God doesn't destroy a people when, they're, when their sin is just a little bit. He lets it get full, and then it's time for that people to be destroyed. So, you know, and that's, one, that's an important passage in thinking about when God annihilates people and sends his people to annihilate others. He doesn't do it because, well, they've got a little bit of sin or they messed up here or there. Their, their sinfulness is full. It is complete. And that's why Israel ended up going into Egypt for all those years, because the, they had to let the sin of the, the promised land, the sin of the people that were there, come to its fullness, come to its wholeness, so then God could justly come in and wipe them out. Now back to the idea of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of wholeness. The king, he was the king of this fulfillment. He is the king of completeness. You know, he is, he is a full, full king. He is the one who is right completely with God. All right, let's go on and consider some other passages. Genesis 37 14. So let's keep in mind this idea of wholeness and completeness in terms of shalom. Genesis 37, 14. Then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock. And bring word back to me. So now this is David's, um, excuse me, um, this is Joseph's father. This is Isaac talking to, to Joseph, and he's sending his favorite son out to check on his brothers. And so go see about, if you just translated it, peace, go see about the peace of your brothers and the peace of the flock. 
Well, that's not, doesn't really convey, you know, the tranquility of your brothers, the tranquility of your flock is, you know, that's what he wants to check on. But this idea of welfare, are they whole? Are they still complete or are they having problems? So again, it's wholeness and completeness is the root of these words that are here. The, in this particular word is shalom. Genesis 41 16. This is an interesting one. It says, and this is Joseph speaking to Pharaoh. Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. And this is, he's talking about, um, Pharaoh had said, interpret my dreams. Joseph says, Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a shalom answer. God will, and so the, the, translation i have before me says a favorable answer well if you if you think about the idea of shalom as being peace what would you say a peace answer a peaceful answer or if you broaden it to this idea of the root word and consider god will give pharaoh a whole complete answer you know and it's an interpretation to a dream you know he's going to give you the full answer. God can do that. Joseph can't do that. He can't give the whole answer. He can't give the give the complete answer for what a dream means, but God can. Wholeness and completeness. Exodus 22, verse 4. If what he stole is actually found alive in his possession, whether an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall pay double. And you can see if in the Hebrew, if you look that up, there's, there's a little bit of additional stuff added to the scribbles. And so it becomes transliterated, yeshalom, yeshalem. But you hear that same thing in there, shalem or shalom. And that is in the terms of the word pay. He shall complete and then there's another word, double. So it's this idea of a of a payment. If there's if there's something lacking, you know, if you if you're making a trade or if you owe somebody something, you you're not in peace with them, and you need to make that completion of the transaction. And so you need to to pay. You need to complete a transaction. Is to, the idea of pay? Well, actually, if you stole something, then you have to pay, but you also have to pay double. You have to make complete but doubly so because you were uh, wrong to do what you did in stealing in the first place and so there are a lot of uses just in the word um, the word pay that you would see in scripture in the old testament it would have to do with this idea of making complete or um, making whole wholeness and completion number 626 is another use of the word that is a is a very important passage the Lord lift his countenance on you, or Lord make his face shine upon you, and give you shalom, and give you peace. And so we like that idea of having peace in our lives. But if you consider the, the, the fullness of this word and the root of what it means of wholeness and completion, it takes on a little bit more meaning. The Lord lift his countenance on you and give you wholeness. May he make your life complete. 
That's where fullness and fulfillment comes from, is from the Lord. And so that idea of peace is more than just not being at war with somebody, but it's about being whole and well. Joshua chapter 8, verse 31. Just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the sons of Israel, as it is written in the books of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no man shall which no man had yielded an iron tool, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. So now the first word that is mentioned here uh, that has the root word shalom in it is the word for uncut. These are to be like shalom stones. They are to be whole stones. And so as you think about a, a whole stone or a complete stone, and then it defines it, which no man had yielded an iron tool. So obviously this is a, a fresh stone that's taken from the earth. It is not one that is cut up. It is a complete stone that hasn't been chiseled on. So it's wholeness and completeness is what that root word means. Notice also at the, the end of that verse where it mentions peace offerings. The root word, peace offerings, is just one word in the Hebrew, and it is shalomim. So it still has that root word of shalom in it, shalomim. And I, don't, I know I'm butchering these words, but I'm just making the point that you hear shalom in it. These are peace offerings, are offerings of wholeness and completeness. And I assume that is going to be related to your relationship with God, making you whole and right with him and whole even within yourselves and whole with your neighbor, complete with them. Second Samuel chapter 11. Verse number seven, 2 Samuel eleven seven. When Uriah came to him, David answered, or excuse me, David asked concerning the welfare of Joab and the welfare of the people and the state of the war. So the shalom of Joab, the shalom of the people and the shalom of the war. This is an interesting verse. You have the shalom being, being kind of the wellness, the wholeness of a, of a person, Joab, of a people that are mentioned, and of the shalom of a war. Isn't that funny that you can, have, you can state within the same phrase, the peace of the war? Well, and we know, but we say, yeah, the, but shalom is more than just peace. It is the welfare. It is the wholeness. What is the state of the war? Is the war going as it should? Is it whole? Is it complete? Now you want, if you're running a battle, you want to make sure everything's going right, that things aren't falling apart, but things are holding together. What is the shalom of the war? Is the war staying whole? Is it going as it should? So again, this wholeness, this idea of wholeness, completeness, Disunity that is there. Second Samuel eleven seven. Well, First Kings chapter eight verse sixty one. It says, "Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord our God, to walk in His statutes and to keep His commandments as at this day." Let your heart therefore be 
wholly devoted. Let your heart be shalem. Let your heart be completely given to the Lord our God. You know, you don't want your heart divided. You want your heart wholly given to God, completely given to him. Wholeness, completion, completeness. That is what our heart should be to God. First Kings 9.25. Now, three times in a year, Solomon, um, the reason his, his name is highlighted on my slide is because I did a search of the root word for shalom, this shalem, that is in the name Solomon. His name, you might say peace, you might say his name means wholeness or completeness. His name is from shalom. So it, three times in a year, Solomon offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, shalomim. So again, that root word is used twice in this verse already, completeness and wholeness. So those peace offerings were offered on the altar, which he built to the Lord, burning incense with them on the altar, which was before the Lord. So he finished the house. And the word finished is highlighted because it has the root word of shalom, and it is shalom. So he finished, he completed the house. It was whole, it was complete. This was the, in the house as a reference to the temple that he was building. He finished it. He shalomed it. He didn't make it peaceful. Well, but I guess it was peaceful, right? Because it was now done. It was complete. And he was at peace. They were at rest. Shalom. He finished it. He completed it. Psalm 37, 11, but the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity, abundant shalom, abundant peace. Again, and it's abundant, you know, it's when the people come into the land, you know, God was promising them to, to have shalom, abundant wholeness. Everything was going to be good. Their lives were going to be complete and whole. Psalm 38, 3. Psalm 38, 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. And this is speaking of God, God's indignation. There is no health. There is no shalom in my bones because of my sin. So when this person is, is saying, the psalmist is saying here, my sin has caused a problem. You're mad at me. And so there is no wholeness in my bones. There, my body isn't complete. My body is not in health anymore. There is no welfare within me because I have sinned. So the peace that I had, the wholeness that I had is now broken because of sin. So again, the idea of shalom is wholeness, completeness, things being as they should be. And that brings me to my last couple of verses to consider. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6, and we'll also look at verse 7. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. Yeah, we're talking about Jesus, aren't we? And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, 
Prince of Peace. And so we just pause there for a second and we consider Jesus who is this wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. This promised Messiah is going to be the eternal father. And he is the prince of peace. He is like a leader who brings, not just keeps us from fighting with other people. He is the one who brings wholeness and completeness. In him, we can find everything we need. Jesus is the prince of Shalom. The next verse continues. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. With Jesus, his peace increases. He is continually bringing, making things whole and complete for anybody who would come to him. And so today, I just ask you to consider, and this is the beginning of uh, what we're going to be studying and, and looking at in the coming weeks, as we think about Jesus as the one who brings peace to our lives. He isn't just kind of making our lives calm. He isn't just kind of making us live um, at peace with God and at peace with others, so we're not fighting with God, we're not fighting with others. Those things are included but what he really is gets when he is bringing peace to our lives, he is bringing wholeness and completeness to us. And we think about in a day and age when, when people are lacking all the, the wonderful completeness that we need, fulfilled lives, complete lives, whole lives that we can, we can just feel like we are fulfilled and everything is good no matter what the chaos is around us. Jesus is the one who can make us like that. We can't find peace from our government. We can't find peace in just any book. We can't find peace in a, in a nice hobby. We can't find peace with, with the security of finances and those kinds of things. The only place where we can find true peace, true wholeness and completeness is in Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at, at that concept in the coming weeks. But today, I simply challenge you and want you to consider the peace of God that passes all understanding that comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And if you haven't given him your life, you're missing out on the full life, the complete life. Jesus bids you come to him and find wholeness, completeness, to find peace. So if you need to come to Jesus, I encourage you today. You, you, you call me later and call somebody else in the church later. Get a hold of somebody and let us know that you're ready to seek Jesus and find peace. I want to encourage you to think about that more as we sing this song of encouragement. <laughs>